In our interview with Paul Hawken earlier this month, we learned a bit about the website that accompanies the book, Regeneration.org. We learned that it would be updated on the date of the book's release, which was September 21st, 2021. It would include a section called Nexus. With Nexus, we would gain access to current resources to educate ourselves about global habitats, problems of fast fashion, incessant development, and more. We would gain contact details for CEOs of prominent companies that have the potential to affect change. This tool would enable us to develop our own punch lists for things we could commit to doing to support the regeneration movement. So I decided to host a live stream broadcast simultaneously on LinkedIn and YouTube, and I invited a few friends to join me. While you won't be able to see the site as we review it, you can go to YouTube for that, you'll be able to hear us discuss what is offered. In the first portion, you get to know our guests, including two I've hosted on my show. They each share their perspective on what regeneration means and why it is important before we dig into the site. Welcome to Care More, Be Better, a podcast for people like you who care about the social impact of conscious companies and everyday heroes. Hear inspiring stories from those who put people and planet before profit and personal gain. You'll learn how you can make a difference, vote with your dollars, and get involved today. Here's your host, Karina Belizzi. Hello, everyone. I'm Karina Belizzi, host of Care More, Be Better, a podcast for social impact and sustainability. Today, we are going to be covering regeneration.org and the new Nexus feature to really catapult us into activism and save our home planet. So I'm joined by a few incredible people today that will help me go over the site and offer their perspective. I'm going to add to them to the stream now, including Tia who I interviewed on one of my recent podcasts, Julie Loken. These two together actually have their own show called Obsessed with Humans on the Verge of Change. And Anka Novakovic, who I interviewed recently on the podcast as well. She is known as the Eco Coach. And then I'm going to add one more person to the mix as we get ready to go live. Tia, if you want to kick us off, I'd love to hear just a little bit about you and what regeneration means to you. Thank you, Karina. My name is Tia. Like Karina said, I am a holistic nutritionist and integrative nutrition health coach. And to me, I really didn't think too much of sustainability of the planet or what my part really played in it until I started cooking more and getting more involved with whole foods and really seeing the food waste and diving into how much are we really wasting um, as a world, as a nation, and realizing what big of a problem it actually is. So now I am trying to do my part to reduce my personal food waste, but also keep in mind and help my send out the ripple effect and helping the people in my circle, my family, my friends really understand what they can do as well. So I'm really looking forward to learning more about the regeneration site and what I can do to continue on my path. Well, thank you, Tia. And I have to keep reminding myself your new last name is Walden. So I think I said Tia Morrell just a moment ago. Julie Loken, also a co-host of Obsessed with Humans on the Verge of Change. What would you have to say about the word regeneration and what it means to you? 
technical difficulties, but <laughs> I am very agile as are the activists here, the activists that do want to change the world. And every little thing we do counts. And I have been schooled by Karina. She teaches me every day on how to be a better human and leave a legacy and lessen my carbon footprint. But really for regeneration, for me as a mom, it means getting your house in order. I have four sons. And what I realize is the waste that we produce is astronomical. So starting with those little things, even hand-me-downs or, you know, reusing food, leftovers, those kind of things, but teaching our children these little tips and tricks and stuff that I know Karina is going to go over. It all begins with us. Get your house in order to make those little changes. Little changes make the hugest impact. So thank you, Karina. Thank you so much, Jules. Uh, that was lovely. And Anka, who is also joining us, I interviewed on an earlier podcast, really, as we dug, dug into her work with the Eco Coach. Anka, I'd love to hear from you what you think the word regeneration means and how it can help us. Oh, well, very much aligned with what the, the kind of work that I'm doing. So I have been supporting organizations with environmental sustainability for over 15 years. And really recently to kind of get us to 2030 and beyond and what uh, and faster because per the, the IPCC report, we really have only a limited amount of time. Um, I've started thinking, how can we go and get there faster? And regeneration is part of that answer. Sustainability, when you think about sustainability, it's looking at the triple bottom line of people, planet, and profit. Regeneration is taking that beyond. It is looking, for example, at circular economy. It is, and I don't know if you've ever heard of the Living Building Challenge, but Living Building Challenge looks at treating buildings as living entities. And that is another example of going beyond sustainability and um, looking at regenerative buildings. And for me, it is um, not only kind of uh, thinking about when you think about sustainability, you think about the just status quo. So when you're thinking, okay, doing less harm on the environment, or maybe doing no harm on the environment, this takes it further to supporting the environment, giving back to the environment. And it's not just about the environment, it's about people. It's about physically, when we're looking at our planet, when you think about regeneration, a lot of times, uh, you may have heard of the term around agriculture and soil. And there are companies that are taking action that are doing this. I know Patagonia is co-sponsoring a certification around, and I don't remember the name of it, but regeneration um, with, with food so that when you're looking at the soil, you're also looking at fair wages, fair treatment of individuals. Um, you're, you are taking everything into account. So if you, it's, it's like ESG, um, environmental, social, and governance, but it's taking it even more uh, beyond that term and beyond sustainability. So for me, regeneration with organizations means not just going, you know, offsetting your carbon emissions, but figuring out how you can support the planet and figuring out how you can support individuals in a positive way so that they can then support the, not only support themselves, but also support the planet. I'll leave it at that for now. 
Well, that's perfect. And I think a great note upon which to kick off our conversation about this amazing work. So if any of you have been following my podcast, you've heard me now interview Paul Hawken about this work with regard to regeneration, ending the climate crisis in one generation. I have to say, when I first heard the title, I was like, well, I'm a little skeptical about how much we can accomplish in a single generation, given where we are presently. It's super easy to start to feel like it's just all too much. What can I do? How can I make a difference? How are we going to get there? And um, I have a great example who is a fifth person joining us today. And this is Nicole, who I'm going to add to the stream now. Um, She's someone I've collaborated with in business and who's also supporting my podcast now. So Nicole, I know you have lived a fairly simple lifestyle over the past little bit. So I'd love for you to talk just a moment about what regeneration means to you and how you're making an impact in your life. Yeah. Hi. Thanks. I am a big fan of care more, be better, and the do-gooder lifestyle. Um, For myself, regeneration is sort of synonymous with transformation. So in my life, I have taken many steps um, sustainability-wise. I'm driven the same car now for almost 20 years and have bypassed the lure of the shiny new stuff. I've also gotten rid of all my stuff. I like to say the stuff that owned me. I uh, gave it away, upcycled it however I could to really get down to everything that would fit in one RV (laughs) that I live in. And I try and live a zero waste um, lifestyle. I know Karina had a guest on and I've been searching my notes for her name. I, I can't remember, but she had a book called um, Trash to Treasure, and that's still a guest she had on that's really close to my heart. I try and upcycle um, almost everything I have. So for me, regeneration is a real transit transformation um, for the things in my life and um, the people around me. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. And that was Kelsey Rumberg. She wrote Trash to Treasure. <laughs> Yeah, she's one of my favorites in this space, too, and sometimes can be found trolling on Clubhouse. So we will, um, from time to time, host our own rooms and really talk about, you know, making more sustainable options. That book, Trash to Treasure, was less about uh, going out and doing garage sale finds and more about trying to get businesses to think about how they can turn their waste streams into something different, which I think is something we all need to address and something Anka also (laughs) works with her clients to do. So really great topic of the moment. So I'm going to go ahead now and begin the share of my screen. I made a promise to myself as this was getting ready to stream. I did not dive into Nexus. Let me talk for a moment about what I understand Nexus to be. And then we will discover what it is together. So my understanding from Paul and from reading the book is that Nexus is a section of the website that essentially smushes all together the variety of things that you can do to support any number areas of climate health, regeneration, activism around social impact and change that we all want to initiate. 
It's uh, supposedly, and I really don't know because I haven't looked, um, also has uh, key contacts and people you can reach out to, the sort of actions that you can take, additional educational resources and things like movies, media that you can interact with to become more informed on a variety of different areas. That's my understanding, having not looked at it yet. So let's discover it together. And I would love to hear from all of you what your thoughts are, and we can explore the site together. So let's get that screen share going. Here we are, regeneration.org. So here's a site. And when you're welcome to it, uh, you have to accept the cookies. So let me grab that. All right, good to go. And as you dig in, there is a section called Nexus right here. Nexus detail what needs to be done and how to do it on all levels of agency, from an individual to a city, from a classroom to a company. Entries include resources, initiatives, people, influencers, and organizations that teach, engage, and transform. So where do we want to go first? Uh, let's say wasting nothing, since that seems to be a... Wasting nothing. All right. Let's see what this has here. So um, call to action, eliminate 80% of food waste to feed more people using fewer resources on less land. Okay. So <clears throat> as you see on the left, there is action items, individuals, groups, companies, governance, bad actors, key players, and learn. So I want to earn a, I want to learn about the bad actors. Let's I see. was just going to say that. Let's see who they are. <laughs> top of the list walmart. walmart hmm okay massive consumerism i think is at the heart of this one right mm -hmm. um we're actually yeah. given the email of doug mcmillan at walmart.com so we can go ahead and send him an email directly the same with regard to costco uh seven nandy holdings kroger little etc let's see Aldi. I'm surprised. I oh. am too. I was just thinking that Aldi. Yeah. Hmm. I, I'm, Whole Foods. <laughs> well, I'm not entirely surprised to see Whole Foods on the list, but um, really, that's shocking to me. So I feel like they're affiliated with Amazon. The boxes that they pack package, yeah. you know, a, um, let's just say, I'm using this as an example, a mascara and the, you order a mascara on Amazon and the packaging is massive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they are yeah. supposedly working to correct some of that, but um, I find it interesting. They give you John Mackey's email. They give you John Mackey. I was going to say they <clears throat> should maybe be looking at Bezos. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, and Aldi. So let's just, the question came up about Aldi. So let's look at why. Oh, it's just their website. So, links us directly to their website. And from Whole Foods, I imagine it would do the same thing. Um, so uh, let's see what it says here about the bad actors. Food retailers globally have an essential role to play in eliminating food waste. Some of yep. the largest retailers that have a large influence on the supply chain are. So it's not necessarily accusing them of being bad actors. Um, so that's that's interesting. It's a little bit of a different lead in. Now, yeah. with regard to Whole Foods, you know, they are very mindful of waste. Typically, they have very high standards for the ingredients that are allowed on their shelves. 
Um, However, they are affiliated with Amazon. And now if you go to any Whole Foods store, um, you'll see people with blue aprons packing um, shipments and preparing them to go out, uh, basically using their shelves as inventory for the Amazon marketplace um, with Whole Foods. So interesting approaches to doing market and business in this omni-channel world. Mm. So that is interesting. Okay, so it's it's that they're called bad actors out the gates maybe isn't correct in certain ways, yeah. but I like to direct people always try to get your produce at local stores um, or go to farmers markets because then you're sure it's coming from a local area as opposed to mass transit shipped in from Chile, you know, to California. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Pardon. Okay. So then if we go into key players in this section, organizations, here are some organizations working across the world to challenge food waste. You can support them by donating, volunteering, or amplifying their research and messaging. Misfits Market, doing groceries of fruit that looks bad to you, basically food that doesn't look market ready, right? Right. Um, Culinary Misfits does much of the same thing. Anything else jumping out to y'all? I'm pretty happy to see Misfit Markets just because I use it. (laughs) And so I'm glad that it was part of the key player, not on the bad actor list. Yeah. Well, I was... hmm. I was just going to say, I wanted to circle back around to Whole Foods. Misfits kind of does connect my thought about Whole Foods. Whole Foods was always in these nicer areas I lived in. And for me, it's funny when it said bad actors. Um, Misfits does lead nicely into that, you know, because the produce isn't so beautiful and Whole Foods on the outside always look nice, but it would kill me because I'd be going to leave and then they would offer me in these giant plastic bags ice to keep my food cold, you know, all these bougie perks that the Whole Foods, you know, looked so nice. So I too am happy to see Misfits because just because it looks nice, right? And it is shiny or we're in a nice area doesn't mean it's the best fit. And so for me, Whole Foods always was sort of a, I loved that, you know, bad actor part because like I said, bagging everything up in ice kind of undid me bringing all my own, you know, bags and I didn't really want the ice. And so the key players, Misfits for me is a big, big one too, because, you know, just because it looks nice doesn't mean it's great. That's right. Yeah, And I know that there are other uh, services that are companies that offer that service. So I think it's Imperfect Food, Imperfect Fruit. I don't remember the name of it. There, there's some others. So I wonder what the criteria was for selecting these specific ones as opposed to any other ones. Right. Um, and I don't, the kind of what's the due diligence in terms of, you know, it says you can support them by donating. OK, so have they looked at the percentage of donations that actually go to the cause as opposed to operating expense or, you know, that sort of thing isn't really clear. And I mm-hmm. wonder if there is somewhere on the website that specifies this because it would be it. So I guess it looks like it's a it's a handpicked selection, and my question would be what what puts some people in this and not others, or some companies, not people. They're not com- they're not people. <laughs> right. I, I had the same question. Like, how are they yeah. selected? I had the same question when I saw bad actors. Like, not surprised yeah. to see Walmart on the list, but um, you know what were the what were the criteria? I think that's yeah. a good question to ask. Yeah. 
right? And what was the time frame with like when did they actually look at that right. for the bad actors? Is it the last year? Is it the last five years? And the criteria, absolutely. Yeah, and I just looked at the bottom yeah. of the page. They have this section inviting you to share your knowledge. So if you had a good actor you wanted to nominate, essentially, you can do that. But again, we don't know what criteria they're using. Right. So. Um, what was under the learn there? Sorry? Oh, the learn part. I couldn't see what was under there. So this is uh, another section where they're helping you learn more. So global food losses and food waste. It's a 2011 study by FAO. Food waste can be solved by people all over the world taking action for a policy guide referred to ReFed's Roadmap to 2030. So you would click there and be introduced to the ReFed site. So they give you some solutions to solving food waste. And since roughly 30 to 35% of food is wasted, I mean, that's, it's a huge number. And um, there are uh, different charities that are focused on trying to solve that. Um, And some of the businesses too, like what we saw on the prior page with uh, the misfit foods and things along those lines. I'd love to have, I mean, it's, so it's just a suggestion. It'd be great if they actually had apps on there too, because I think there are some great apps that could be included in terms of food waste and and uh, and and a lot of these other topics, frankly. So, right, I, I would just, agree with that. So <laughs> perhaps we can send that uh, recommendation directly to Paul and <laughs> see what yeah. can be done there. Now I'm yeah, really curious. He's done a lot, right? So <laughs> <laughs> you need to do more though. <laughs> So a quick question. Is this a continuation of drawdown? In a way. So he looks at um, this is uh, something we covered in our interview. He looks at drawdown as like the first book in the way in a trilogy with regeneration being the follow up to that. And then um, he says that there is a book in the that he's already planning to be part three, which is about falling in love with the planet with earth with life. And Mm -hmm. so I'm not sure what that will be called. He says he has a working title for it and the work will continue. I also learned by connecting with, um, well, we, we actually learned this together, Anka connecting to Catherine earlier this week. She Mm -hmm. shared that, um, there was a similar resource on another site that Paul had in the past that really worked to compile the different resources that were available Mm -hmm. to affect change. So um, I just know he's no longer affiliated with Drawdown directly. So they are another not-for-profit running independently at this point. So I'm curious about action items. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when we get into this, I mean, these are the sorts of things that get my juices flowing. Like, what can I do to make a difference about the area I'm most passionate about? And if I was to champion one, would it be food waste? For me, maybe not at the very top. Sorry, sorry. I had to. I just saw they have food sharing apps on there. So yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Go ahead. Sorry. So the Food Keeper app. Um, I was listening to a podcast recently where they talked about how much waste is often thrown away from a farmer's market, and how many people will choose to donate their time to help clean up at the end, and then take the surplus food or what might have been wasted, and you know, redisperse it in their communities. And so I think all of those things are important. Some of it is really kind of just a local movement, but that there is an app for that is really interesting. So 
Anka, have you used Food Keeper? Uh, I have not. I have not. Okay. And the other thing, the other thought that, uh, that, that came to mind with all of this is there is, there's such a, I think a, a need for kind of companies in this space. It'd be great to also have another section for maybe startups to support or so if you're an impact investor, you go there, or if you want to mentor someone, you go there and, uh, you can find a company that resonates with you. That's a startup. I'm just throwing these ideas out as they're coming out. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we need to create that app and <laughs> do something like that. Add yeah. another layer onto this whole, whole kit and caboodle. Okay. So you have individuals supporting companies that make products from upcycled food waste, carry takeaway containers when eating out. Use food sharing apps such as Olio and Food Rescue US. Start a home or community compost. I have a compost. It's not that hard. I will say that my husband does most of the maintenance of it, though. I created the system and, and he takes care of most of it at this point. So it's nice to have an accountability partner in the house helping me manage that. Um volunteering with local resources and donating to local food bank. All right, great. So that was individuals, groups, farmers, Mm -hmm. supermarkets and grocers, investors, and then companies, restaurants, measuring food waste, giving them tools to do so. It's pretty in-depth. All right. Uh, there's nothing with, well, I guess there's nothing with food composting, right? So that's an entire separate section of their oh, it is. wasting. Okay. All right. So um, I did sneak a peek to just this top menu a little bit before. Wait, where is yeah. it? So if I make this smaller. I think what's jarred me the most is the clothing industry. I absolutely, I absolutely prior to two years ago, did not realize what the pair of jeans I was wearing was doing to this earth. Clothing industry, banking and finance, food apartheid, palm oil, political industry. So these are the challenges that they are highlighting. Solutions. Here we go. So this is a pretty big list. And composting is listed as one of the solutions, but I don't know that it has its own section. And then they have this explore section where you can create your own punch list. So the things that you will do to be essentially your activism pathway. Mm -hmm. So let's see. I want to dig in for a second, though, to this clothing industry piece and to see what resources they provide in this section since Jules brought it up. So yeah, beautiful. Love the fashion. Don't love the results of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the biggest it's challenges. Ghastly. It's ghastly. The it's, amount of water they yeah. use too. So even just for a new pair of jeans, right? Mm-hmm. How many gallons was it, Jules? Well, I think it's something amongst you know, it could be 
1.7 liters, three liters. And that's why I like the real, real. It's all upcycled clothing and they let you know everything you buy, how much water you save for each item. And they have nice stuff too. If anyone's interested in or has an event to go to. Great. So what I'm seeing here are some uh, call outs and videos that you can watch to educate yourself on what is happening in the fast fashion industry. Um, I know from reading the book, a lot of the focus is going to be on the types of fibers we use and the chemicals that we use to treat them and how that impacts the environment negatively in addition to um, slave labor conditions and really a whole lot of other things that we need to be concerned with, including water waste. Um, but the reality is we don't really have a sustainable clothing system and getting to a regenerative sort of clothing system is going to be a giant task. Um, so each of us has a part to play. I am actually wearing, this is my pineapple shirt. I bought it at Goodwill recently for $8. Um, (laughs) so not it's one of my clients. I worked with them for Yeah. Not always the most fun shopping environment to be in, but um, I do make a pass through now and then to quickly see if there's anything that jumps out to me, because guess what? If I don't, then where's it going to go? And if other people like me don't take that step to look at, you know, used clothing too, then what is it? What happens to its life? It gets worn three or four times and ends up in landfill. That's a problem. I think with Goodwill, you find a lot of there will be fines because of the way that they're organized. They're not organized that way and all across all, um, across all goodwills, but some of them can be tough to get through. But yeah, mine is pretty shabby. <laughs> yeah, I, I know it, it does vary. They, it used to be located across town and it was much better organized. They relocated and suddenly it's a complete mess. So what are you gonna do? All right. So uh, let's look here. So join the slow fashion movement, buy less and wear more. I mean, this is the real simple fundamental when it comes to fashion is you buy fewer items, you spend on quality, try to go for natural fibers, um, and you wear it until it's no longer useful for you. And then in many cases, people are even upcycling them. So turning something that was an old piece of clothing into, uh, you know, liner for a purse or something along those lines, there's all sorts of uses that you can find for fabrics when they are no longer presentable or usable as clothing. So these are all things that we can keep in mind, do less laundry less often. Uh, so washing clothing less, um, I know that this is something Patagonia has tried to contend with because so many of their clothing are made of uh, polyesters and microfibers. Um, so the reality is every time you wash your polar fleece, some of it ends up in our waterways, right? Yeah. So they've yep. produced specialized bags that you're supposed to launder these items within to prevent the microplastics from entering our waterways. Um, but the first step would be, you know, buy natural instead, get wool as your performance fabric and cottons and other things that are in the more natural space. Bamboo is another fiber to consider, but apparently they're having to use so much chemicals and treating it to get it to a point where it's wearable, that um, it's just not the best solution yet. So even though it ends up on people's punch list as sustainable clothing doesn't necessarily mean it's good for the environment. So we have to ask ourselves a lot of questions. 
educate ourselves a bit. And um, this, it looks like at least provides some good resources for getting started. So I won't dig too much into the content of this now because we see the basic framework is what of what is offered. Um, are you guys curious to see what those punch lists look like? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I want to know what's going on there. Okay. So we'll go back to that main screen. So below Nexus, we have this uh, punch list. And he's given a couple of examples here. One of these, I believe, Elwins is published in the back of the book. Spend at least three hours a week in local green spaces. Reduce meat intake. Read at least two books focused on environmental justice each year. Interesting list. All right. And so you can make your own. What does this look like? Make a punch list. I love that you're able to do it for a family, too. Yeah. I, I, I might be... Uh... Engaging my husband and maybe my kids to do <laughs> Oh, that's my full name there, isn't it? Process. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Um, no, this is really fabulous, Karina. I mean, I feel that you have a spectrum of activism here on this panel. like, And for the less seasoned, like myself, I think this is such a helpful tool. Yeah, I just think this is super interesting, too, because, you know, there's it's so daunting to even start when you're like, Oh, well, I want to do something different about fashion. And then you start doing the research. It's like, it can get overwhelming. There's um, a movie I watched all about fast fashion. I'm forgetting the title of now. That was just really depressing. <laughs> it's hard to watch some of these things. Or recently I watched the movie Sea Spiracy about our oceans and the sorts of things we're doing there. It's just, I already knew plenty because I come from the world of omega-3s and fish oil, now working more in the algae space, but still, and it's just, it can be really depressing. It's hard. So I think having everything in a spot where it gives you some actionable tools at your fingertips without making it feel so huge is going to be really good for people. So... I thought they would send, give you a list and you can pick the list. Yeah, I, guess I thought so too. So in this case, you're just building your own. Yeah. Which is a little less helpful than <laughs> I thought it was going to be like, oh, well, here's some things you can do in your community. Yeah. Oh, but here. Let's oh, see. there we go. All right. So we can see other people's punch lists and we can gamify it. <laughs> yeah. So this is something that um, we've talked about a bit, Anka, myself, and some others, like gamifying your sustainability challenges. So if you see somebody else's and you could maybe try and use it as inspiration and create your own. <clears throat> yeah, this is something I've also seen Paul and others recommend purchasing at least two to three times your carbon offsets when you're traveling by air. Mm -hmm. Um because, yeah, it's it's like that tear down a tree, plant a tree, that simple little sapling isn't going to replace the work of that majestic oak. Yes. Um, and it's overnight. going to take over 15 to 20 years for it to really even come right. into its, yeah. Exactly. So take a tree, plant a tree isn't exactly where it's at. Um, yeah. But yeah, some, some other items here. So you can make your own punch list. I like that they're displaying some others. I wonder if you have to give permission for them to share it. So I will play around with this. Tia, this isn't yours, is it? 
<laughs> no, but I'm definitely going to go make one. I think this is cool. Buy paper products from companies that only source sustainably and ethically. Have electric off hour once a day. That is a good idea. Of course, mine has been mandated by PG&E shutting off the power every time it's windy. So <laughs> I'm only well, joking a little it, bit. A little. I, I love the idea of a community list and what you were saying, sort of like a forced mandate. I live in a really, really small community. The town I live in uh, has less than 30,000 people. And prior to the big box stores coming in, just out of necessity, they banded together, right? I think Karina knows of my bagel lady. She has a cottage license. But instead of everybody running to the Walmart that's come to town, right, we all give her our orders in advance. It's really fun. And then we pick them up from her like on a street corner. But we support a local merchant. We've obviously eliminated, hopefully, some of the big trucks coming to our Walmart. I mean, we appreciate the Walmart for, for what it is in our, our town. But even the clothing here, we have a, a store called the Naked Burrow. Um, and we all give our clothes there, right? We're supporting another merchant. And you can go in there and, and buy gently used or even highly used clothing to upcycle. But the idea of a community list appealed to me um, for my little town because we could possibly list local vendors, right? That we could support. And as a community, you know, we don't, we don't have a lot here. We have a, it's funny, of the the um, list there, the bad actors, we had a Kroger, we have a Walmart, and we have a Home Depot. But as a community, we really try and support some of our local vendors for um, reasons most of us are aware of. So I loved that idea. Mm, I agree. I think that's very helpful. I was just looking through the footer to see what other tools they have. And so um, I think looking at the carbon calculator can be helpful in building your plan. Um, he does go over the book, news and events, and contact places. So this is very interesting overall. Now, um, there's one more section I wanted to peek into um, in Nexus, because so much of what we've heard about um, re regeneration specifically is around agriculture um, and degraded land restoration or degraded farmland restoration. So I'm curious to see what is in that section or just in the regenerative agriculture section. Okay. So you see under learn there's watch, read and listen. So under watch, um, I have watched the film Kiss the Ground. I'm not seeing it listed here, which I thought was really interesting. Um, and then there are also certain podcasts here to listen to that are focused around that. And then books that they recommend reading. So I think that's really, really interesting. I'm also curious who they'll call out as the bad actors in this space. Okay, not surprising. <laughs> Not surprising at all. <laughs> I think the first one just kind of addresses, I don't know, what percentage. Uh, yeah, all of them. So yeah. let's let's be clear. Monsanto is now known as Bayer. And so it's just uh, rebranded, but it's because Bayer bought them. So yeah. I some people pronounce that Bayer. I honestly don't know which is correct, and I don't really care. 
Um, but we're talking about glyphosate, Roundup, and all of those great pollutants that have entered our water systems and basically damaged <laughs> everybody's and so much health. More, and yeah. so much more that they've done with the seeds and the farmers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why but... does a non-GMO project exist? Let's be real here. Yeah. Um, okay, so you've got some bad actors here to be aware of, uh, key players that are in the space. The Carbon Underground is mentioned. I'm actually going to be interviewing Tom Newmark um, in a live stream in about a week on this. He's um, one of the co-founders of the Carbon Underground. So I'll encourage people to tune in for that. And then I just want to go ahead and move out of share mode again here. Um, you guys can all browse regeneration.org on your time. I um, have a couple of things to highlight. And then I just love to open it for comments um, from everyone here. So um, just to share with all y'all, uh, you can visit caremorebebetter.com. And if you join my newsletter, I created just a PDF um, that's about five pages long that will help you organize um, and unleash your inner activist. And it's just a simple five-step kind of process to follow to identify the things that you might want to become activistic about. Could be related to the environment, could be related to anything else. And so just for joining the email list, you'll get that as your welcome email, uh, link to download it, PDF format, and um, a simple tool to basically review. So I encourage you to do that. Now, I'd love to just open it for comments. Um, what are you guys thinking about regeneration? And yeah, the website so far. I think that the website's great. I love that it gives a starting point for people that feels less overwhelming than thinking of, oh my gosh, what impact can I make today? And you can pick just one spot to impact either clothing or food waste. And starting there is so helpful because... I know when I first even got introduced into sustainable living and making an impact in the environment, I instantly just got really overwhelmed by all the all the resources out there, but also all of the fake resources that I wasn't sure if, you know, these apps are still legitimate or not, or if they've been bought out by bigger companies. And that's something that I'd like to see more on that website that we kind of mentioned is what is still good. And I also kind of want to know, like, how far back their research goes just to know how accurate and up to date it is. Yeah, I think my Anka, you and I both agree with that front, right? Like how oh, yeah. do you choose yeah. these guys? Like absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, I I would add to that I, I agree with Tia. I think it'd be great to to have more info. And it's really helpful not just for people who are starting out, but I think for I mean, I've been doing this for over 15 years. And so it's helpful to have additional resources because I remember when I started out, even for organizations that I can point them to, because when I started out 15 years ago, I put every, like I did all the research for everything. And now you can actually go to places that have aggregated this research and makes it so much easier. And so for just uh, as a reference and also just even for me, for educating, I think there's some, you know, you're always learning, it's always changing and that's kind of change is a constant. And so my, I'm assuming that they're going to be consistently updating this. And so it's it's a great resource, I think, from beginner to to kind of people who have been in it for a longer period of time. So it's uh, it's exciting. And I'm I want to thank Paul Hawken for his uh, 
thought leadership, because I think this is something, this is definitely something that needs to, to move and quickly. And so he is, he's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and well, making it easier for other people to do it. And so. for those of you that don't want to sit there and tease through the website page by page or read, I mean, it's, it's textbook size, right? Like I've got my legal pad in here. And um, the reality is, it's a lot of reading, but very informative and interesting. So like what I started to do uh, about three weeks ago is summarize each section. So if you want to listen to my podcast, you can choose to listen to the section on oceans and then forests. And this week I'm doing wilding, which is all about restoring land to its wild state, right? And so I'm literally going section by section and summarizing the key points, offering some commentary on it and doing each of those episodes in 20 minutes or less. So they're bite sized, you can listen to it when you're commuting around or whatever. So uh, that's what I'm doing to help, you know, distill all this jazz. Um, And then also the uh, I'll just share really quickly the cover of this little tool I put together, which is just Unleash your inner activist. So um, when you sign up for my newsletter, this comes as an automatic download um, email and really just goes through five simple steps to go ahead and build your activistic path. And then there's a little worksheet at the end to help ask you a few questions, organize your thoughts, and then create an execution checklist I also have one page, not overwhelming, of resources at the end for some things that you could look at specific mostly to climate activism, since that's what I'm stuck on as my topic right now. Um, But to Paul Hawkins' point, if you read The Regeneration or if you listen to any of the number of podcasts that he's been doing, um, he looks at the topic of regeneration as really just putting life at the center of all the decisions you make. And so if that was something that we could all commit to doing, to putting life at the center, then it would affect many of the decisions we make about the things that we buy, the people we spend time with, and the sorts of things that we choose to champion. It might also affect, you know, what car you drive and how often and if you go and get that e-bike instead. If you drive at all. Yeah. And so um, in some of the future sections I'm going to be going into, there's actually a huge section on zero waste cities. And I don't live in a city. So, you know, getting everywhere without a car would be a little bit challenging. Um, But, you know, transit systems can improve and we can advocate for that. Um, This is something else that we could choose to champion. So anyway. I love this. I love this, Karina, and everybody needs a little Paul Hawken in their life. And let's not dismiss Karina Belizzi because she is doing great things. This is so mission-based that she inspires inspires me. And to be quite honest, this has been a wake-up call for me, just having this friendship with Karina and everything that she is doing inspires me. And I love the Unleash Your Inner Activist because that that's a good place to start for people that want to do good. They want to care more and be better, but they don't even know where to start. So, well, Julie, you, you gave me the title, me. so I should I should credit you for that. No, yeah, thank you inspired you. me with the ti- with everything you do. So, thank you. Yeah, so appreciate it. Well, this has been fun. This is my first uh, Streamyard event. It didn't go live on Facebook, so I'll have to figure that out. But I couldn't 
I don't know. It's just a thing. So yeah. um, it says it got LinkedIn deleted from Facebook. I'm like, really? Uh, anyway, Great. one more one more tool to consider using and building from. So um, thank you guys for joining me so much. This has been awesome. Um, and I just look forward to the next time. So hope you all join Thanks us another so time. Thank you. Us. Thank you. Appreciate it. This is fun. Um, and thank everybody for joining us. Tia, Julie, Nicole, Anka, this has been my pleasure and I appreciate you all so much. This was fun. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed the journey today as we learned a little more about regeneration through our coverage of regeneration.org. Key links and resources are included with show notes, as well as that direct link to our video coverage on YouTube. I hope you'll visit our website, caremorebebetter.com and join our newsletter. As your welcome gift, you'll receive a download link to Unleash Your Inner Activist, five actionable steps to improve your impact with a direct download link moments after you join. Thank you listeners now and always for being a part of this pod and this community because together we really can do so much more. We can care more and we can be better. Thanks for listening to Care More, Be Better, a podcast for social good. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And share with your friends to help us reach more people and spread more social good.